I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. This is Sean Bowles. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. Hey, this is an exciting week because we have Rick Joyner on. He's an author. He leads a movement called Morningstar Ministries, and he's been one of the pioneers of the prophetic movement. He is controversial in some streams because of some of his beliefs or takes on, on certain things and how he'll give a word and it's just you know black and white what he believes, whether it's about the Trump campaign or years ago about Y2K. We'll get into some of that in this episode. But uh, Rick has given some of the riskiest words of anyone I know, where he's even put his relationships on the line, and he's fearless, which I really love about him. But he loves love. He really respects people. He really honors people to the point that there's a lot of people that the church has discarded, like following ministries and people who no one likes anymore. And Rick will actually work on their their character and their life and their choices and their families and all that kind of stuff and provide an atmosphere in, in the Morningstar Ministries hub for them to get restored. So this isn't just a man who gives risky prophetic words and is, is relationally dangerous. He's not at all. He's actually relationally sane and connected and has really built a ministry world that has missions, souls as a thrust, you know, getting people saved, maturing believers, you know, doing a lot of different school programs, going after the business world. I've been there several times at Morningstar where at business conferences, and I've done a lot of their business conferences, and where there's people who are literally billionaires and game changers from around the world who will come and both speak, but also get poured into by their environment and get positioned in their faith to really go after kingdom in, in a unique way. And Rick is, I call him, you might hear me say it on the episode, I'll probably bring it up, that he's a genius. I mean, he's he's literally one of the smartest, most intelligent people I know. And I think it's harder sometimes when you're prophetic and you're smart because you actually weigh things differently that you would give, especially if there's risky words, than if you just would give anything or say anything that comes to mind. People who are highly intelligent actually think through all the consequences and all the ramifications, whereas people who maybe aren't as experienced or mature or intelligent or thought through may have an easier time just at face value saying anything that you know they're, they're thinking about or that God tells them. And so I love that about Rick, that he, in this midst of education and this incredible background of study, that he's willing to say the hard things and the hard things that actually can change people and and, and uh, sometimes, you know, he's hit it really strongly where it's been a beautiful picture of redemption. Other times there's been some hard moments. And so he's vulnerable about both. And so I'm going to ask him some really good questions on the podcast today. Stay tuned. Hey, today on Exploring the Prophetic, I have one of my absolute favorite people, some, sometimes from afar, sometimes from up close, but I've read a lot of his 50 books that he's published. It's more than 50 books. And I've been so inspired by his life, and he's been so uh, just encouraging to me throughout the years. But he has some stories like few people in the world that I know, and I'm so glad you're on the show to share them. Thank you so much, Rick, for being on the show. Yeah, glad to be with you, Sean. I know this is it's really interesting because like talking to you about the prophetic because you're one of the pioneers in this generation of of hearing God's voice and 
Today, we're going to talk a little bit about risky prophetic words. And I don't know that there's anyone I know who's given risky words like you have, especially to other ministry people or have taken huge risks on people, especially people who may have had like a moral failure in the past and you help restore them or people who are in charge of a huge movement and you interjected a word that was not necessarily what they wanted to hear at that time. And God's, you're just, you're courageous. You're, you're a bulldog, which is amazing to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I've asked the Lord about that too. Why does he always give me all the hard words? <laughs> you know I'm what glad he said? You. What did he say? He said I was mean enough to give them. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not mean at all. I know you personally and you're like, you're one of the nicest people, but you're very, I think you're, you're probably a genius. You wouldn't say that about yourself. And I well, think thank you. a lot of people who are in the prophetic and especially people who give hard words or risky words aren't necessarily that smart in my experience, <laughs> but you actually think through the social dynamics and that, their actual movement and how the work can impact them. So it's amazing that you still have the courage. If you're a genius, you're thinking about it and you still have to kind of overcome that to give the word. That's pretty incredible. Well, uh, I fear God more than I fear men. Good answer. And I think that helps. I do. I, I do try to consider that the scariest thing in the world would be to come before him on that great judgment day, and it will be a great day, and here you were a watchman and you didn't sound the alarm, yeah. or you were a shepherd and you didn't protect my people, and that's what I fear more than giving hard words. Yeah, you know, People mad at you, they can only do so much, <laughs> you know, but... And of course, I want to do the will of the Lord. I've, that's what I'm committed to. Absolutely. And it, well, to, well, let's get right into it. Tell me some, um, some of the risky stories because you have so many. But what comes to mind? Well, you know, some that I could talk about. You know, in, <laughs> in at least in general terms, or you know, like the first time I met John Wimber, and and I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I just met Jack Deere, and I was at Jack's house. And John called and asked Jack if I had a word for him. And I just asked Jack, who is this? And he said, he's the head of the vineyard. So I, I thought he was a winemaker. <laughs> I really did not know who That's he awesome. was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd been out of, in a place of pretty much isolation from what had been going on in in the church for a while, purposely just trying to seek the Lord. I really didn't know wow. who he was. And he asked me if I had a word for him, and I started to say no, and the Lord gave me one when before I could say no. He said, tell him that scandal is about to be released in the vineyard. Oh, wow. And I'm at the time thinking, what kind of scandal could there be in a vineyard? You know, and uh, I'm thinking it's still grapevines. <laughs> and uh, so he... You know, didn't like that too much. <laughs> said, "Can you put Jack back on the phone?" <laughs> I said, "Sure." <laughs> but that, you know, the next day it happened. Oh, and wow. uh, but he used to introduce me as the prophet who never said anything good to him. <laughs> or never oh, said no. anything good. <laughs> and we used to fight a lot, and you know, I mean, we know as for the prophetic, like for me, if I was leading a movement, and I mean, there's the days that scandal breaks out. So if I was leading a movement like John. And I didn't get that word that scandal was going to break out. I wouldn't know, is the Lord helping us? What are we doing? You don't, you don't have as much faith to navigate it. But I mean, you literally spoke from the Lord, like scandal is about to break out. And to me, I would take it as I'm with you, have courage, you know? And so I think like for, for these kinds of words, sometimes when they're risky, they're actually God 
and you, I mean, I'm just saying the same thing maybe that you would say they're actually God helping us or his divine help. And we don't always want to hear them, but man, they, they're, we all go through hard times. There's a difference between going through a hard time with grace and going through a hard time with pain. So I think it's amazing. And I think John took it as encouragement the next day when it happened. Yeah. Then he wanted more. And then, you know, I think it was helpful to him. Then he's like, wait, what what do I do in the scandal? (laughs) I'm sure he called you back. You're like, oh, this isn't about grapes. Yeah. Yeah. I got a briefing from Jack on who he was Uh, and what he was doing. And of course, we became good friends over the years. But to me, the worst was with Trevor Yaxley in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, he, I think, was responsible for one of the greatest revivals that happened during the 1980s and 90s. But wow. anyway, I was with him, and he took me the place to the place where his son was killed Ooh. in a car accident. Just to show it to me, it, it happened to be the same place where Captain Cook slaughtered the, the Maoris oh, wow. when he landed at New Zealand. Anyway, while I'm there, the Lord showed me that Trevor was going to have an accident in the same place. Oh, wow. And uh, man, I fought that. I didn't say anything. Uh, I went. I was touring churches all over that New Zealand. So I was down when I got down to the South Island, down Christ Church in that area. The Lord was still working on me that I had to tell Trevor about this. And uh, finally, I said, "Lord, if Trevor calls and says he wants to meet me in the Auckland Airport when I have a four-hour layover going home." I'll share it with him. And boy, just right afterward, Trevor called me <laughs> and said, hey, can I, can Jan and I come out and spend the time with you on your layer? I said, yeah, come on. I didn't like it at all. Oh, wow. But I shared with him what I saw. And I didn't have anything else. Just you're going to have an accident in that same spot. So he went to Dave and Dale Garrett right after he left the airport, who you may have heard of. They're considered the fathers of like yeah. modern worship. Yeah, But he went to Dave and Dale, who were kind of his elders, and took the word, and they witnessed to it. They said, Trevor, we think this is a true word. Well, anyway, make a long story short, it happened the next day. Oh, my gosh. The next day, and he, you know, first they didn't think he was going to survive, and then he had like a hundred and some broken bones just in one leg. They thought he'd never walk again. He, all this stuff, of course, he completely recovered. But uh, it was after he had that accident, the Lord gave me the rest of the word that was the encouragement that the enemy could not touch him again. There was a whole lot behind all that. But those are the worst, hardest kinds of words. I had another one from my friend on the East Coast here. Same thing. I saw something happening to him. I told him he didn't want to hear it, you know, he that and whatever, but it happened a few days later, and then it turned into a great encouragement with it for him how the Lord was with him through this situation. So, I mean, that's it's inc- always hard. It's, it, yeah, it's incredible because, like, you're you're talking about it's a very relational dynamic with God because He's He's giving you a first part of a two part or more word, and I think you know a lot of people the anxiety of that if they don't have a real dependency and relationship with the Lord, the anxiety of that would just break them. Like just to give somebody a word like, 
you are going to get in a car accident. I mean, that's that's like the worst news. We're called to give the best news, and the best news is usually it, it's or it's it's unraveled over a period of time, and a lot of people don't have the grace because we're in the you know the get rich quick you know now generation. I want everything now, and here the prophetic actually puts us on God's timetable, which is way different. But I mean, like, how did how did uh, your friend on the East Coast like how did he take it when you first gave him the word? He thought I was just mad at him. Prophetic <laughs> judgment. <laughs> you know, uh, he's a real prophetic guy himself, but he just said, no, that ain't you know, going to happen. But anyway, it happened. But as soon as it happened, what seemed like a negative word turned into a real encouraging, positive, God's in this. I'm going to make it through. And, uh, and it did. It was helpful for him. But... You know, I just wish uh, there was somebody else out there mean enough to get some of these. <laughs> no, and again, you're not mean. I think you're you're actually faithful. We know that. I know you're self-deprecating. But I mean, like even some of the words you give in corporately, like like let's look at Trump. You really were rallying for Trump, and uh, and and it happened. And a lot of people were mad. There's people who are like, I mean, you have African American friends, you have minority friends, and you're prophesying a man who's very controversial would come into office, and that's a risky word. That I mean, that's that's all out there. It's either black or white. It happens or not. So how was that for you? Well, you know, to me, it's it's an unfolding word. And, uh, of course, we had a very positive article written about us in USA Today right after the election about how we had predicted this and stood by it and it happened as that. we saw nobody else seemed to see it. That's but, amazing. But uh, I think Trump, it, it was a major encouragement to him. Because he thought he was going to lose. Oh, wow. And now he knows he would have lost. This is a God thing. He's not there because of his own smarts or tenacity or anything else. And I think it's brought up, I mean, even though a lot of people may not see it from his public persona, in private, he is so humble, especially in, with any men or women of God. I mean, it's like he becomes the most humble person you could imagine. But... Uh, he doesn't have a fear of man. He doesn't respect people, especially politicians, because he's been able to manipulate them his whole life and use them, you know. And uh, But I think it's working towards his good, too, and it's going to work for good for us. But, yeah, it's been tough. A lot of people, you know, I was the only one that I know of that started standing up and saying Y2K is not going to be a big deal. And yeah. I made so many people mad at me because of that. I had television. They were wanting me to do television specials and all. And when I would tell them, this is what I'm going to say if you have me on, they didn't want to ever have me on again. Wow. But then when it happened and I was right and they were wrong, they got even more angry with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. So, you know, it's almost a no-win. You've got to just care about what God thinks and, you know, hope it works good for his people. and. No, and I'll say and, this because uh, I witnessed you one of the times you talked about Y2K, and I was I was in the um, video game industry at the time, and I was working with some of the top programmers. They were at Universal Studios and working for like NASA and stuff, and they were working on our game. And I asked about Y2K because I felt like it was a nothing, like I felt like it was a conspiracy theory, you know. And they were like, "Absolutely, has nothing to do with re reality or relevance. We don't know how this got blown up. It's a bunch of conspiracists." So I'm I'm at a conference that you came to, and uh, a lot of our mutual friends that. We're, we're trumpeting Y2K where there was in Kansas City. I don't know if you remember this. 
And I was just in the back green room and people were like almost having like a presbytery about like Y2K. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. Cause I was like, I, they asked me to join the conversation. I was like, I don't want to join the conversation because I actually don't agree with any of this. And they were in shock. Like, how dare you? <laughs> you know, like you can't not believe this. And then you walk in from the airport and they're talking about it and you totally slammed it. You're like, the, I, I forget what you said, but something like I would stake everything. This is not going to happen. This is just, this is totally a fantasy that the enemy's trying to distract us with or something. You said something really profound. And I remember they just looked at you like, almost like, are you, are you an idiot? We trust you, but like, you're so deceived, Rick. And I just loved it. Cause you didn't change. You just, you kept on being you, you kept on. And I think I learned a lot from that moment where you had a prophetic perspective that was controversial, but you, you just stayed the course and it didn't cost you relationship with them to believe it. You still stayed in complete relationship, but you could feel their judgment. I mean, is there ever a time that you get bugged by that or is it just like, it doesn't matter? Well, you know, I probably am I may be too thick skinned, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, no, it's I just, good. <laughs> you I think know. I'm too sensitive. And I was I was even sensitive that day. I'm like, great, now everybody hates me. Great. And then you came and I was like, Yes, validation. <laughs> yeah, it uh but you know, to this day I still get blamed for the Y2K prophecies. Yeah, you know, I've heard people say And I that. was the only and one for a long time saying it's not gonna be anything. It's not but a lot of people Yeah. So you just can't, you know, you just have to say, I'm here to please the Lord. Yeah. He'll straighten out everything at the judgment day and it'll be good. And uh, <laughs> that's, a, I mean, that's a level of confidence in, in your relationship with God that speaks volumes to our listener. Cause that's, you can't, you can't fake that. That's absolutely the way you live. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It, uh, I tell you, I had two revelations last week where I think the biggest I've had in 15 or 20 years. And wow. either one of them, I sat down after each one of them, I said, I don't have enough time left in this life to process all this. Wow. This must be what they meant by the eternal gospel. We'll be preaching this one forever. <laughs> it's wow. an endless source of revelation of the Lord. Yeah. And he is so big, so awesome. If we see him, how can we care what men think? How can that be yes. important to us, you know? And you are a man who's definitely cinemal. For those of you who haven't uh, investigated much into Rick Joyner's world and ministry, I would encourage you to start with some of his books and watch his videos. They have incredible um, just platform at Morningstar and everything they're building. But you can get uh, mentored, discipled, trained, even online if you don't go there. They have incredible events. But Rick, what is the best way to get a hold of you? What would you want to point people at today? Well, uh, you know, our website is morningstarministries.org. And, of course, you can go to morningstartv.org or .com. And, uh, but Morningstar, I do, most of mine is released through Morningstar Ministries. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been incredible. Thanks for just sharing your perspective. Well, good to be with you, Sean. I appreciate it. Well, you're listening to Exploring the Prophetic, and we'll be back, back next week. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. <laughs>